0: Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys and the beginning of Chapter 4 of our Crystal Codex campaign. We have Matt as Lieutenant General Temrid Pine, retired, a rad dad who was recently sad, a rouser of rabbles, and writer of rhetoric. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> That's so sad. That was great. Scott, as His Royal Majesty the I of House Bayard, King of Everlyn, monarch in exile, the morally ambiguous, now calling himself Joff. That's me. Jordan as Deacon, serial number 381-7MA5A9D0, emo animal lover and burner of horses, a.k.a. Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari Stormfist, swinger of axes, roller of 20s, the snake stuffer and wielder of cusses. (laughs) Hey there. And me, Paul. Thanks for hanging out with us. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, first off, thank you everyone for all of the ratings and reviews. If you like what we're doing, then just tell someone about us. I'm sure you've got friends that would love to talk with you about all the hilarity, mysteries, and shenanigans that we get up to over here on 12 Sided Guys. And if you want some bonus content, including character sheets, bonus episodes, a wiki, and all the maps and battle maps, you can get access to those by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash 12 Sided Guys. That's one, two, Sided Guys. There are different options for any budget, and we are just so grateful to everyone that supports us. Someday, someday, we will all be together and have that Papa Murphy's pizza, donuts, and other snacks that we've been talking about since, what, like, episode six? And speaking of Patreon, how about a quick shout-out to one of our newest patrons, Aram? Let's see. Everyone else got titles this week, so how about Aram? Here he goes. Aram the urban cowboy eater of pork and beans purchaser of fake diplomas and all around mama's boy <laughs> <laughs> if you ever pestered someone long enough to get them to stop saying things like ready to work and instead proclaim me not that kind of orc then this podcast is for you it's the crystal codex episode 37 How long does it take to change the world? Apparently, it can be done in just one month. One month ago, a bounty hunter tracked an heir, an old man fought with ink and paper, a mountain woman lost all allies, and a metallic man felt himself unique and completely alone in the world. Now, just one month later, the bounty hunter is the heir. The old man fights with sword and youthful vigor. The mountain woman has reforged a resistance, and the metallic man has an entire people he seeks to free from bondage. Two of the empire's adjudicators, persons endowed to speak with the emperor's voice, lie dead due to the actions of these four people. Arkel Province, the newest acquisition of the Almerian Empire, has been buffeted twice by uprising and skirmish. The real threat to imperial control over the province, however, hides in the smoldering dissatisfaction of its residents, recently fanned by the actions of these few. As autumn pushes on and winter quickly approaches, Arkulvi province tips ever closer to open rebellion against the Almerian Empire. While imperial agents attempt to quell this growing sentiment in the province, our heroes Nari and the boys head northwest away from the city of Arkulvi into the foothills of the Glass Mountains. On the third day of travel, they come upon the tiny settlement of Last Chance, a shanty town of merchants and travelers. Nari Stormfist, who grew up in the mountains, assures the boys that this is the best and only place to procure supplies for the arduous trek ahead. There is no time to waste. Soon the passes will be choked with snow. Last chance is aptly named then. Last chance to turn back. Last chance to winter somewhere warm. Or last chance to push on through winter's wrath to Nari's home and answers to the troubling vision she had of the Stormfist clan. Nari and the boys, you have been traveling for three days, three cold, wet, rainy days. So I think I may have mentioned this before, but I think traveling over the past couple days with Pine, Pine's a great, friendly traveling companion, but sometimes when you're just, you know, you're just kind of walking along one foot in front of the other, he's the kind of guy who will just start singing a song under his breath, like,
1: It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh so, however you feel about that maybe it's grating maybe it's endearing but that's pine <laughs> gosh that's so funny i knew a guy who used to do that that's the very same song actually where do you think i got the idea <laughs> <laughs> all right as you guys have left Arklevy and heading northwest into the mountains the road gradually climbs in elevation um the trees are still really thick um and, and forested the grass and the path gets more and more muddy. And as you approach the, the base of the mountains, you come upon this, this shantytown, this small community of shacks and tents, travelers and merchants who have kind of built their, their life uh, here at the base of the mountains, helping travelers get up and over the passes and into the glass mountains where Nari Stormfist is from. So as you guys approach, you see these, uh, there's some wagons. There's a couple of tents. You see some people with, uh, ropes and with barrels of food and rations. You see, you see some people selling weapons and, um, other gear that is necessary, some furs. Um, but you guys approach this small town of last chance.
1: So Nari, why do they call it last chance?
2: It's the, the last chance to buy anything until you're over the mountains. We should definitely stock up. Do I recognize anybody in the town at all?
0: Why don't you go ahead and make a perception check? Everybody can make a perception check as you guys are kind of walking through. All right, 21.
3: Pine rolled a 14. Joff started chapter four with a nat 20.
4: (laughs) Nice.
2: (laughs) What up?
4: And Abby got a 13.
5: Whoa.
0: Wow.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: So uh, Pine and Ebby, uh, as you guys are walking through, you guys are kind of looking at some of the some of the wares that are for sale. Um, you know, some like fur cloaks and things to designed to keep you warm. They also sell like these um, kind of like these clawed galoshes that you can put over your over your shoes to help like dig into ice, that kind of thing. Things that you guys have never never seen before. Joff and uh, Nari, as you guys walk in, you see. Um, different people selling things but then as you look back towards the back of kind of the the, the road goes through this small shanty town then it splits and one path kind of goes uh, to the east northeast and one path goes to the northwest and right there at kind of the split you see somebody that you recognize it looks like there is a a chubby Morgan Freeman, I think, is how I described him multiple times before.
5: <laughs> you see, um, there is this
0: man. He's bundled up in furs, but there's no mistaking his face. And especially, um, he's got this tent set up, and he's got like a little table set up with some of his wares. And off to the side, not chewing on grass, but just laying down in grass. You see this very large woolly ox with a small little crystal rotating around his head. <laughs>
3: I forgot we sold him the, the Crystal of Sustenance.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, so Porthos doesn't need to, eat, doesn't need to graze anymore. He just
3: gets all his sustenance from that, from that Aeon Stone of Sustenance. Well, I will start walking out that direction and say, Look, guys, our friend Porthos is here. Maybe we'll get another woolly ox egg.
1: <gasps> Porthos!
4: Ebby starts running over there. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, as you guys kind of
0: approach, um, some people are starting to call out to you and they're saying things like, oh, you're going to need some rope if you're going to go up in the mountains. And, you know, we've got mounts here. We've got mounts. uh, That kind of thing. I'll say,
1: it's okay. My Explorers pack came with it at character creation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As you approach uh, Gerard, uh, whose back is turned, he's doing something at the table with some of his wares. He doesn't seem to know that you're there. But, Joff, you sneak up kind of. Right up to the table.
3: I will clear my throat and say, "Excuse me, Gerard." Uh, he turns around and he looks at you uh, and he goes, "Oh yes, oh, oh, my friends,
0: my friends, what are you doing here? I thought you were in Arklevy." We were in an Arklevy, and now we're here. <sighs> and he kind of looks left and right, and he's like, "Are you, are you going to make this trek?" That's the plan. You're much braver than I. Uh, it's getting pretty nasty up there. Just the, the weather turning or? Oh yes. I mean, the, the, the passes are, are snowing already, but, uh, from what I've heard from people here at camp, but if you're going to go, if you go now, you should be able to make it up and over the mountains and into the, into the valleys beyond.
1: Okay. I was going to say, are you trying to deter people? I thought you were here to sell things to people going over the pass he uh he
0: steps aside and kind of motions to the table behind him he's like no i'm i'm definitely here to sell things come look at my wares i've got i've got more than last time oh what do you got that's new somehow i didn't pull that up let me pull up what he's got (laughs) (laughs) all right well on the table uh behind him you see like he's got potions like like always he's got some uh red potions he's got a still has that stupid bottle with the number nine on it (laughs) he's got uh, some brighter red potions he's got like a white and milky potion looks like he's still got um that ever smoking bottle but he's also got now um kind of a uh oh he's got the the one that has like the bead inside that keeps growing and contracting he's got this potion it looks like it's like like a black liquid but then it almost has like you know how um Like a cotton tree kind of like the the wispy cotton that comes off a cotton tree it looks like it's got some of that like swirling around inside of it and then he's got some other things on the other table um, including the same scimitar that you saw before the scimitar of life stealing he's got a necklace he's got some studded armor he's got some rope um, he's got two little crystals um, on like a little pillow and then he has a very unassuming um, brown leather bag
2: is there anything like outside of necessarily this vendor, but is there anything Nari would know that we don't have that we for sure need as far as going into the mountains this time of year?
0: Well, you so Nari would know just living here that something for your feet, some kind of like, um, you know, the, the claws for ice are good, but also some kind of like a snowshoe type of thing would be good. If you're going on a mount, that would be even better. And As you look around, you do see that Gerard isn't selling any mounts, but you do see somebody is... It looks like they have a little roped-off area um, with a couple of different um, mounts in them. We have a, um, what looks like a, a caribou. So, it looks like an elk, except for you know how an elk has antlers that kind of come out to the side? The caribou has kind of antlers that go forward and back, kind of almost reindeer-esque. A big animal. Brown fur, except for like around the neck, it's all white. And then you see also in that pen, you see something strange that maybe Nari has seen before but other people have probably heard of. It's like this large kind of black bird um, with big wide feet and it has um, kind of slick feathers and a long orange beak. Very big. It kind of walks hunched over um, and you would know these are uh, called (coughs) beakaboos.
2: That was exactly what I was looking for you to describe. That was what that question was leading <laughs> to.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. In fact, as you as you kind of look over at the Beekaboos, you can even hear them every once in a while going, "fork, fork, fork, fork." <laughs>
2: Nari's gonna meander over that direction and start like throwing some fish or something over the edge.
1: So uh, Pine will, Pine will motion over to the the Beekaboos and say, look, Abby, it's those giant ducks I was telling you to summon that one time.
4: (laughs) You weren't lying to me. (laughs) It's amazing. They're beautiful. Oh, man.
0: Bork,
3: bork, 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 bork.
0: (laughs) Um, There's, yeah, there's one caribou here and then there's two uh, Beekaboos. Are you really going to make us keep saying (laughs) Beekaboo? That's what they're called. I don't know. You don't have to buy them. Oh, no, we do. Yeah. We do. Yeah,
1: I, I think yeah, I think we do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Joff will walk up to the vendor and say, How much for the Beekaboo? Okay, so this guy
0: there's the guy standing there. He's like a a, a younger man. He's got like a, a cloak pulled up around him and a hood pulled down tight. <laughs> Gosh, you guys. Give me a second.
2: Nari's back there throwing fish at them too, while while Josh's negotiating. So I'm getting them on our side.
0: Yeah, Pine will also Pine will also ask the vendor how much he can get for this aelaton, so we can buy a beegaboo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh.
0: You uh, crumbles looks at you and goes, hmm.
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ch- I'm just kidding. I'm just, just joshing with your crumbles.
0: All right. So um the beekaboos are uh 75 gold piece. Oh. Um, and so is the caribou. So
3: yeah. A steal. <laughs> Does that come with barding and it, it comes with it comes with bitten bridle and saddle and saddlebags. And then as far as like extra carry capacity, like it we would be able to put food for this creature on on the pack and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's basically behind the curtain. It's got the stats of a riding horse. Um, This guy, this guy who's selling them, he says, oh,
3: have you ever ridden a -a peekaboo before? I haven't, but as soon as I laid eyes on it, I knew that I needed to. Well, uh, just you have to be careful if you're if you're
0: going up in the mountains and if you if you start to go downhill and it's snowy, they will lay down and slide
4: on their tummies. (laughs)
2: oh my god of course they will
1: (laughs) that is adorable crumbles you have to come back as one of these next time
0: (laughs) (laughs) the caribou the caribou looks incredibly like um like just left out like so super sad nobody cares about the poor caribou
3: (laughs) joff will look at at his companions and say well i'm getting a -a beakaboo and i'll i'll put the money down okay
2: yeah, Nari will also put the money down, and whichever one was uh, most enthusiastically hanging out with her, she'll take that one.
0: Okay, the one that you were tossing fish, even though these don't necessarily eat fish, they also like to eat, like, like dig around. Their, their beaks are sharp and pointed, so they can actually, like, dig around in, like, in bark and stuff for bugs and things.
4: Ebby yeah, Ebby will take the, the caribou. Sorry, Abby. <laughs> Don't sound so put out about it. <laughs> so I'll take the caribou. Whatever. Darn, it, I have to ride some other exotic animal that's just not quite as exotic as these ones. <laughs> the entire time he's going over to like saddle up the caribou, he's staring <laughs> longingly at the beekaboos.
0: <laughs> here's, here's something. Now that you have seen beekaboos, you can summon beekaboos if you want to when you when you summon animals. Oh yeah, darn right. Yeah, there you go. All right, this guy—he kind of walks you through how to take care of them. You know how to, you know, I guess brush their feathers and stuff. Um, they like to uh, to snuggle up together, so um, you know, you know, they they'll, they'll curl up into a little ball, like packed into each other um, at night to stay warm. And uh, yeah, the caribou is just a caribou. You just take off the uh, the pack and saddle, and it'll just graze around for a while and wait for you. And so he goes over kind of these care instructions and things. And then as you guys get your mounts, then Gerard is just still kind of standing there by the table. And he's like, uh,
1: my friends, you just kind of walked away. <laughs> oh, Pine, Pine was still there. <laughs> no. Pine will ask about, Gerard, tell me about this um, this leather armor you have. He says, uh, oh, this leather armor. I picked this up in Arklevy. It is
0: fantastic. Let's say you want to be protected, but maybe you're not in that, The right kind of place for that. If you say the magic word, it will change its appearance. (gasps) It's a suit of glamored studded leather.
1: Ooh. I think this would be amazing for my friend Joff. Hey, Joff! Joff! Come away from the giant penguin and come look at this armor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
3: I was getting acquainted with the penguin The Beekaboo The (laughs) Beekaboo Sorry, I'm still getting acquainted with the Beekaboo I'm trying to think of a name What, uh, What have you got? Uh, If you guys are going to buy the Beekaboos, then you have to
0: suffer through saying their names. So anyway, (laughs) that's that's fair enough. (laughs) I can't help but notice, Paul, that you said you may want to buy mounts and then you only offered three options and two of them were (laughs) Beekaboos. This game is not on rails in any way whatsoever.
1: (laughs) So Joff, this armor that that um that Gerard is selling, it it's studded leather. So I think it worked for you and your your sneaky nimbleness. But also, there's a magic word that you can say, and it will change its appearance.
3: Will it make itself warmer? It's getting pretty chilly out. Uh,
0: no, I'm afraid it doesn't make itself any warmer. It just changes what it looks like. So you can take this studded leather and turn it into I don't know a fabulous sleeveless vest with huge pockets
3: if you wanted to. You're speaking my language, Gerard. Gerard, I believe you just
1: said the magic word.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Gerard looks
0: over at you, Pine, and he gives you a big wink. He knows his clientele. This man knows sales. (laughs) How much for the armor? So, the armor is 2,000 gold pieces. Oh. But maybe, like last time, maybe
3: there's something that you would like to sell to me. Well, I've got this dagger, and I'll pull out the dagger that we got from. Aaliyah Brava, the Dagger of Venom. I will hand that over to him. Yeah, he takes it, he holds it in his hand. He looks at the blade. He,
0: You can see in his other hand as he's looking, he's got this pearl in his hand. He's just kind of rubbing it with his thumb. He hands it back to you and he says, I'll give you 1,250 gold pieces for that na- for that
3: dagger. Okay. I'm interested in the scimitar that you have over there as well. Ah, yes, the scimitar of life-stealing. Yes. Could perchance I get a discount if I bought both the leather and the scimitar? The scimitar is a thousand gold pieces.
0: So all together we're talking 3,000 gold pieces.
3: I will pull out my short sword as well and say, how much could I get if I give you this and the dagger? I will give you 500 for for the
0: short sword, 1250 for the dagger. That's 1750. And the armor and this scimitar is three thousand.
3: I think you've got a deal, sir. I'll shake hands and exchange goods. And so you're going to also give him twelve fifty. Yeah, I'll give him twelve fifty. Yeah. You have twelve fifty gold. I have twelve fifty gold. I will. I have thirteen fifty total. And so now I have hundred gold. Wow. Okay. Awesome.
2: Wasn't he just bragging about how rich he is?
3: <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'm going to have
0: to start saving again, though. <laughs> you now have Glamored Studded Leather, which is cool. You can, it can change its, uh, what it looks like. And then also, you have the Sword of Life Stealing, which when you roll a natural 20, as long as it's not undead or a construct, you um, deal te- an extra 10 necrotic damage and you gain 10 temporary hit points. Just remember, temporary hit points do not stack. So, if you hit somebody else again, you don't get more hit points. You just get 10 temporary hit points. That sounds great. Yeah, perfect. He says, thank you, my friend. Thank you for making this deal.
4: Joff be rocking that drip. <laughs> All <dripped> out. <laughs>
2: I keep thinking about Fergie's Glamorous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Why do I love that song so much? It reminds me of like um, um, Miss, the Miss America pageant from like 10 years ago. Fond memories of that, eh? (laughs) 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 All right. So yeah, oh, um, yeah, so there's a, you know, on this table, so there's no more armor on there, there's no more scimitar, but there is these other potions, um, ever smoking bottle, there's a rope, there's uh, two different uh, little crystals, they look like ion stones, possibly. And you see this this kind of uh, dumpy brown leather sack.
1: All right, tell me about, the necklace was a necklace of adaptation, correct? That's right, yes. And how, how much does that cost? That's 1,500 gold. Okay. But if you wear it, you don't need to worry about
0: breathing. It's fantastic.
1: Well, I do enjoy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same problem as the iron stone, but it looks like you have a couple more there.
0: Yes, and he, he gingerly, very carefully lifts up the pillow. And he picks up one, and he says, this, this iron stone is an Ion Stone of Insight. Then he sets it down and he picks up the other one and he says, and this is an Ion Stone of Strength.
1: Ooh.
0: And he sets it down. But they are very expensive.
1: more expensive than the fancy armor.
0: Yes, it is 3000 gold pieces Hmm. per Ion Stone. And what do they do? This one, the Insight one makes you more wise and the Strength one makes you stronger.
1: Heavy Nari, it's your turn. Come over here. Leave the birds alone. Come on. They've eaten enough, Nari. Come on. Bork, 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 bork.
2: <laughs> Nari will mosey on over. Check it out. The one
0: that you bought, Nari, keeps trying to follow you, but it's still in the pen.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> bork, be back, bork, buddy. bork, 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 <laughs> bork.
0: It's already imprinted on you. Flapping his little wings. So you're going to have to help it lay eggs and stuff. It's already imprinted <laughs> on you. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, it's got that little, like the little yellow feathers that stick out, kind of like a high uh, high hachi from uh, from Tekken.
2: Did you guys see that story about the bird keeper who's uh, had one of those rare cranes or something taken to oh, him? Oh
3: yes, yes, I read that this week. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. It's awesome. So now now Nari gets to experience the same thing.
1: How long do these Beekaboos live? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and are they endangered the guy who them is <laughs> like i don't know
0: <laughs> all right so gerard has these things he's uh is, is anybody interested in anything else that i have for sale um this rope is great it's uh if you use this rope it will help you climb um it's magical rope and then he he kind of uh snaps his fingers and the rope kind of kind of comes up like a snake and it starts to kind of uh move around the table who have had my fill of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> then he snaps his fingers again. Then it stops moving.
4: A quick question. Uh, Paul, I don't recall. Did we would we took the uh, wizard's hat with us, didn't we? Yes, you did.
0: I believe so, but nobody can wear it.
4: Yeah, nobody can wear it. Yeah, but I think we
0: had that. I, yeah, no, that did not get left with her. I, I know that did not. We have wizard's hat, wizard's hat and Spellbook too, right? Yeah, there's a spell book, and um, yeah, there's a, a hat of wizardry,
4: and there is a spell book. Sell, sell, sell. Let's just <laughs> dump that stuff. Tell me, my good sir, and uh, give my warmest regards to Porthos, of course. But what would, you, uh, what would you give us in exchange for these fine items that we have? Again, he's kind of thumbing that, uh, that pearl, And you guys can tell right
0: now, he's like casting a spell as he's doing this. Um, He looks at the hat, and he kind of sets it aside, and he kind of thinks for a second. He says, I'll give you 200
4: for the hat. Well, then, I think I'll keep the hat and see somebody else that truly appreciates its majesty. He says, I I can assure you,
0: you won't get more than that. It's a fine hat. Uh, It's just very,
4: it's very specific. I see.
0: But here, let me see that book. Let me see the book. And he starts um, looking through the different pages of the spells and and everything. And then um, after about two minutes, he hands it back to you and he says, I'll give you 575
4: gold pieces for this book. I think we have a deal with the book. I don't have any need for it. Okay. You have 575 more gold pieces. And you aren't willing to budge on the hat. Make a uh, persuasion. Ebby is really good at persuading people with his negative one modifier. Ebby uh, got a 12. <laughs> He's like, I- I'm-,
0: I'm sorry, my friend. I mean, I could wear the hat. I could use it. It's a fine hat. It's just
4: not that powerful. Well, I understand very well. Uh, let's go ahead and let's sell the hat. Unless, unless my companions feel otherwise. Anybody want this? Cute hat. Can't use it, but it looks good. How warm would the hat be? <laughs> Not Mary.
2: Is it like the cursed hat and what we do in the shadows? <laughs>
3: in, in this hat. I love that hat and what we do in the shadows. This hat is like, uh, like
0: basically Gandalf's hat. Nice. <laughs> well, if you put it that way, I'm keeping it. No. This <laughs> <laughs> is a big wide brimmed hat. You described, you'd always described it as a witch's hat. So I was assuming it was kind of like a Genshin Impact witch hat, like from what's oh. her name? Uh,
1: <laughs> Mona with like lace and stuff.
0: I was a N- Noel fan. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, we don't have to go there. Let's, let's go ahead and sell the hat then. I don't, I don't suppose I need it. Okay. He gives you 200 gold pieces and then he instantly, he immediately
0: puts it on his head. And now every time you see Gerard, he's going to have that hat on again.
1: (laughs) Wait a second. We're just outfitting Gerard's adventuring party. (laughs) I feel like I've been cheated for some reason. So Gerard, tell me about this dumpy looking bag. He says, ah, well, do you remember that backpack I had before, that that haversack?
0: Pine will turn his back and like model it. He says, yes. Like an elementary school kid with his first backpack. That one. Whatever you do, do not put this bag inside of that bag.
3: That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) Unless if you want to make the last boss in a campaign. If you want to upend my whole campaign, um, go ahead and do that. Then that's fine.
0: Uh, It's been done before. No, um, this is a bag of holding. It will hold much, much more than that uh, backpack that you're wearing now. It cost me a lot, and I can't part with it for any less than $4,000.
1: Oh, well, hmm. Yes. No.
0: I understand. Is there anything else that you might have to sell? I have some healing potions. I know you've bought those before. He's got some greater healings and he's got some regular healings. It looks like he's got four um, regular potions of healing and he's got five of the brighter red potions of greater healing.
3: Joff will take one potion of healing.
2: Nari would offload just this great sword because right? I think she's still carrying that around.
4: Okay, I
3: think that's like
0: twenty-five gold pieces. Then nice. I think
4: here's something that maybe could be valuable. How much would you give me for this? And Abby's going to pull out the Wand of the War Mage. Okay. He starts looking at it, and he holds it over
0: in his hand, and he says, he hands it back to you. He says, Nor- normally, my friend, I would give you 500 gold
4: pieces for this, but for you, I would do 650. Well, that's, that's not bad. Um, it's still not enough to get me to where I'd need to be to get that Ion Stone of Insight. I'll tell you what, if I can acquire more goods and some additional gold, then I may sell that to you and hopefully purchase the Ion Stone. But I think for now, I might just have to call it good with what I have.
1: Ebi, I do have some money, and the only thing that really interests me are some maybe some potions and a rope, but I'd be willing to forego them if it meant getting you some more, what, wisdom? <laughs>
2: same i don't mind i don't mind sharing some gold the only thing i would really want is like a health potion to have in my back pocket
1: oh you didn't like the um there's a stone of strength here too yes you might want that nari
2: yeah but didn't you say that was closer to, to two grand
1: three grand
2: three grand yeah that's that's far outside my budget currently
1: If we're anywhere close, Ebby, I can front you up to 900 gold.
4: Good grief. It's honestly, though, it's still not quite enough.
2: And I can do 500.
4: I mean, if I were to sell this wand, and then with everything else that I've been able to sell, I'm at about, I'd be at just under 2,000. Ebby, real quick, what's your wisdom score at right now? It's at 18.
0: Okay. Mechanically, this ion stone will give you plus two wisdom. But you can't exceed twenty, so it would still benefit you now. But if you got more wisdom, it would it wouldn't do you any 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 good. Got it. Okay. The other thing is, I think you guys are forgetting something. Yeah, we are. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to take better better tra- keep better track of your loot. I mean, your spoils of war.
3: Didn't we have the armor of the adjudicator?
0: Yes.
1: Who's got that? Well, uh, Pine was probably carrying it uh, with Crumbles. Okay. So we have this kick ass blue scale armor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, He starts looking at that. He starts, uh, you know, checking it out, looking it over, and he says, This is very fine. My friend, I will give you 3,000 gold pieces for this.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Whoa.
4: Slow down, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Real quick for all of our listeners, just so everyone's aware, these prices are not totally arbitrary. There is a document that we found. Months ago. And it has like uh, pricing for magic items because the DM guy doesn't have uh, pricing. And so I'm going off of the pricing listed in that document. The same magic items list. Yes. And sometimes I agree with it and sometimes I don't. But I'm just trying to stick to something. So, yes, this armor is worth actually new to buy it would be 6,000 gold pieces. So he will buy it from you for
3: 3,000. Wow.
0: Hot damn. So Gerard has this, uh, he takes this armor off your hands, and you now have plenty of money to buy an Ion Stone
4: of Insight. Yep. We just basically trade it straight over.
2: Treat yourself.
4: Perfect. That is incredibly kind of you. Here, Pine, um, I don't know if you could use this or not, but I'm not going to be able to use it because I don't have enough attunement slots. Oh, (laughs) sure. I'm attuned to one thing. <laughs> I'm going to give you the ring of evasion
1: if you want to use it. Oh yeah, that is that is so kind of you, Abby. This this is the one that looks like it's made out of marble, like from the stone statue. Yep, cool. Oh, this this is amazing. Thank you so much, Abby.
4: You are most welcome.
1: Friendship,
4: friendship, huzzah! And we <laughs> jump up and slap hands. That's right. And then
0: freeze frame. Freeze frame.
4: Roll credits. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Anything else anybody wants to buy? Any potions or anything? And then we can move on out of last chance and up into the mountains. So, yeah, I was was quickly wondering, though, how much for the... It was a rope of climbing? Yeah, a rope of climbing, it's going to be 2,000 gold pieces. One thing he also shows you is he holds up the rope and then he says, knot, and then it actually instantly ties up knots on it all the way up. And then it's easier to climb.
1: I... If anybody can spare me some cash... I think I'd like the necklace that makes it so I don't have to breathe. I got like 500 gold. How much are you short? I right now have about 900 gold, and it costs 1,200, so I need 300. No, it's, it's actually 1,500. I'm short 600. <laughs> Here, I've got <laughs> 600 gold for you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Then I'll buy that. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see. You guys now have bought the Scimitar of Life Stealing. You've bought the Necklace of Adaptation. You bought the Glamored Studded Leather. And you bought the Ion Stone of Insight.
2: And Nari will buy uh, just like a potion of healing just to have on hand.
0: Do you want the regular or do you want the greater? Greater is 150. Regular is 50.
2: Regular is actually probably okay for now. Okay. cool. So she'll do one of those. And then also we should probably all just grab like a set of crampons for the snow.
3: I'll take your word on that. Nari. Right. Yeah. I think I want a bunch of cold weather gear.
0: Yeah. 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 So you guys, uh, you guys buy some cold weather gear. It's not going to cost you anything more than like five gold, um, you know, just furs and some, you know, some treated leather to keep you dry, that kind of stuff. Other than that, um, Gerard, waves to you as you head up the trail um right here where the road splits um you see a little sign the little sign has an arrow pointing to the right which would be north kind of east and um that sign um actually says gray bears and the sign that points off to the left says tall hearts storm fists
4: Sorry, in my head I heard gay bears.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yep, there are those. Yep, there are. Yeah, those. I'm
2: <laughs> sneaking down that path.
0: <laughs> so the gray bears is to the right. Tall hearts and storm fists are to the left. I am assuming that you guys are going to the left to go to the valley of the tall hearts and the storm fists.
2: Yeah, let's uh, let's go to the left. To the left. <laughs>
4: To the left, to the left. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. All right.
2: I know I look really, really fly with these boots with the fur, but I'm actually kind of used to these mountains. I don't mind walking around in in my normal shoes. Um, But I think they would keep one of y'all warm. Does anybody anybody want them?
1: Do they require attunement?
2: They do.
0: Uh,
1: I think I may actually be full now since I got this ring of evasion and this
3: necklace of uh, adaptation. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Are you are you full? I've got two open attunement slots. I'm surprised that you guys have all of yours full. I filled my first one today. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, yes. No, I've had mine full for quite some time, actually. <laughs> Evie's been hoarding all of the attunement uh, items. Oh, I'm man. loaded with magical items. It's crazy.
3: <laughs> well, if nobody else can use them, I'll take
4: them.
2: Well, I do have big feet, but uh, here you go. And Nari will hand them over.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Joff, you truly are just dripped out. I love it. (laughs) Joff, when you pull those boots
0: on, they actually shrink to fit your feet very comfortably. Okay, okay. All right, well, very good. Okay, so you guys then wave goodbye to um, Gerard. He hands you a big Porthos egg um, in parting. Um, and then you start going up the road to the Northwest up into the mountains. Now, Nari, you would know having done this trek many times um, that this first part of the trek is, can be quite arduous, right? The path goes up and over some hills. It's not nearly as easy going, but once you get past this first part of the trek, you actually come down into a, a long, narrow valley. Um, that usually is easier to travel. Oftentimes, the weather's not quite as bad here because some of, the, some of the bad weather is blocked by the mountains on either side. And you would know that as you come up into the valley, you kind of come up on this, um, on the eastern, the southeastern side of the valley, and that is Tallheart territory. Um, and then after you go through the Tallheart territory, then you get to the Stormfist territory. So the Tallhearts and the Stormfist kind of share this big long valley and um what i'm going to need is i'm going to need a group survival check to see how well you guys can manage to get through this first part of the trek and how well you do depends on how exhausted you're going to be when you get to the other side but that's first roll pine
4: rolled a 13 ebby rolled a 10 so quick thing there ebby has a plus 8 on survival so he rolled a 2 oh
3: my gosh that's brutal well, Joff also rolled a two, but I do not have a plus seven, so I got three. Oh my goodness.
2: And uh Nari's coming in clutch with a sixteen.
3: All right. Well let's let's
0: see here um, what is going to happen as you guys get to the other side of the well first off, it takes you Quite some time, even with the mounts, you guys are riding these Beekaboos, this caribou, and even uh, Crumbles, the, uh, the elaton, um has a little bit of trouble. Like the Basically, the first day out after you camp for that first night, uh, it starts to snow and it starts to blow really, really hard. The wind and the snow and the going gets really, really slow, really, really tough. Um, you guys make it maybe five miles that that first day. Basically, with this, um, with this survival role, with this group survival role, you guys, um, you kind of failed. Let's see how many days it's going to take to get into the valley. Oh, man. Okay. It takes you guys eight days to get across these mountains and into the valley.
1: Good grief.
5: Yeah.
2: Wait, just into the valley to where the tall are, right?
0: Just into the valley. And now, a a lot can happen in eight days. In fact, a lot did happen in eight days. In fact, on the road to Tabury, a white-haired woman with a grim expression and dressed in military finery leads a battalion of Imperial soldiers west to take over as Tabury's new magister. Her goal? To clean up the mess left by the man who called himself Colbury. To the east, in the city of Arkelvie, on the tallest tower in the city, four individuals move across the long pier toward the waiting airship. Its white balloon reflects the sun of the crisp autumn morning, and its copters buzz and hum as they power up in anticipation of launching the ship through the sky. Bert Bertram stops to take one last look at the western horizon, back towards Tabury, as a middle-aged man with caracal ears, and festooned with numerous bags and scroll cases, hustles by to board the waiting airship. Bert collects himself before turning back towards the airship, the Dancing Herald, and steps onto the gangplank as he begins his trip to the city of Almar, the capital of the Empire.
1: We know those guys!
0: Far below the idling airship, beneath the cobblestone streets, a Knight of the Red Blossom stands before a locked gate in the perpetual darkness of Arcovy's catacombs. He tries the handle, but it won't budge. He looks to one of his companions, a small, narrow man in his fifties, who pulls out a small rod from his belt and begins conjuring up the magic required to open the gate. The knight looks to his other companion, a short, wide man with a full beard, a smithing hammer in hand, and a brass helmet on his head. They both nod at each other. Silently, the knight holds up five fingers, then ticks them down one at a time. When the last finger drops, the narrow older man releases his spell, a reverberating thump echoing out through the hallways. The gate swings open. As the three rush in, they can hear the sounds of snarls and pounding feet behind them. Bordemus slams the gate shut, locking it in the process, just as countless horrors crash into the bars. As the squat man and the narrow man begin reinforcing the gate, Bordemus looks around at this room far beneath Mason's Keep, at the shelves filled with books, scrolls, and treasures. He raises two fingers to his forehead in the Calathe's salute, a gesture to a rightful king. And far away, beyond the province of Arkilvy, in a richly decorated room, two men sit around a table adorned with the remains of a fine meal. Both men are older and have that bearing of leaders used to being obeyed. Sipping a glass of wine, the dark-haired man leans back, his old, faded blue frock coat hanging on the back of his chair. The other man, with silver hair, holds a pipe in his right hand, his right sleeve rolled up casually, his left sleeve pinned up at the shoulder. <gasps> both men share stories, both men laugh, and both men believe that they have the other right where they want them.
1: Ugh. Shut up.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of eight days, Nari and the boys stumble down out of the mountains, exhausted. In fact, each of you has two levels of exhaustion, which means your speed is halved, and I believe that means you have disadvantage on your ability checks. Your mounts are okay. They are used to this kind of weather, but you guys are not. As you stumble down out of the mountains into um, a kind of a, a forested area, you can see that there is like a stream or a, a river actually. It's moving down out of the mountains and it kind of goes down through this kind of a very um sharp-edged gully, um, deep, deep ravine. And it's not the way that you guys came up over the mountains, um, but this river actually runs all the way down back out towards Deep Lake. Um, but you can see that. As you follow the river up, it goes through the forest. You can see kind of lakes dotting uh, the, the valley below you. Um, and here you are in the Tall Heart Valley. So, you guys come down out of the mountains. What do you guys want to do right now? Well, I think first we want to ask you some questions about that vignette. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's fine.
2: I mean, I want to get warm if I'm being honest.
0: That's probably a good idea. Is so, it Paul? Yes. The man with the uh, brass helmet and the smithing hammer? Yes. Was that, was that brass helmet by any chance a chamber pot? <laughs> <laughs> it very well might be, yes. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, now you guys weren't there. You guys weren't there. All that stuff, that's for our listeners. Those are little tidbits for our listeners. You guys, you guys are in the mountains. And for me. Yes, and you guys are exhausted. I mean,
1: we need to find a place to get warm and to rest.
0: It looks like as you guys come out of the mountain and come down into this valley, there's actually there is snow um, in places and patches and things, but it looks like the snow has not taken over the valley
4: yet. Well, why don't we move towards some trees? We can perhaps use some of the wood to set up a bonfire and kind of warm ourselves and maybe get some rest.
2: Yeah, would I have any idea if there's any little villages Um or, like, kind of outcroppings of people nearby?
0: Um, yeah, you would know. The Tall Hearts tend to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, nomadic, maybe. Um, the, the Storm, f- I, mean, I guess everybody has like their small little groups, like of, you know, maybe two or three families living together, kind of doing their little farmstead thing or their hunting and gathering thing. Um, the Tall Hearts tend to be even more solitary. Not necessarily like going out on their own, but like, one family will stick together another family will stick together but you do know that there is a there's a town um along the river in Tallhart territory uh, that you have been to before and it's called Woodbridge um it's actually where kind of the 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 elders of the Tallhart clan where they where they live and where they meet uh, but you know that that's going to be a couple days ride from where you're at okay well uh,
2: we shouldn't have any problem Making a fire, then at least, so that'll that'll
1: be good. And the river's right here, so there's fresh water.
0: Uh, how far, like, is the is the? You said that it was through the mountains. Is going through some very sheer gullies, but down here, is it? A, are we able to like fetch water from the river? Yeah, you can fetch water from the river. Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's just right there, and it seems really cold, but really fresh, really clean.
1: Nanari, if we run into these tall hearts, are we going to be? Are we going to be safe? Are we going to be welcome? Or are we going to have to try to bypass any any large groups of them?
5: We should
2: be fine. Uh, they don't tend to travel in too large of groups. And storm fist we do kind of share the valley with them. So I, as long as we don't do anything stupid, I, th- I think we should be okay just traveling through.
3: What's their general attitude towards strangers passing through their territory? Are they standoffish? Will they ask us questions
2: well we're we're all pretty standoffish up here to be fair <laughs> but i I think that you know me being a storm fist they should recognize my name at at the very least,
0: yeah, and you would know um that the the tall hearts they are they are um well, I mean, they are unique. They are they don't look like you, uh Nari, or the Stormfists. The stormfists are large, you know, like basically like seven feet tall, big half giant type uh folks. The tall hearts are different. They are more um average human size, more like, you know, five foot to six and a half feet tall at the highest. They they love the woods, they love the nature. Um, they also have um antlers. In fact, the the uh, adults of the tall hearts have large, uh, like deer racks, like deer would have, um, that continue to grow as they age. They never lose them, like um, like some animals do. But they they keep their horn, their antlers, and they continue to grow as they age until they get these massive racks of antlers in their old age. Um, and you can tell kind of how old somebody is by their antlers. So the young ones have little, like kind of rounded, soft antlers whereas you see some old folks uh, some of the elders would have like these massive racks like like an elk rack almost on their head
2: be sure to be respectful to the elders with the massive nice racks
5: <laughs> <laughs> I was say,
0: so the, do they choose their leaders based on the size of their
1: rack <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Being that it's November, we should be through the rut, so we shouldn't have any issues. <laughs> it's not November. It's Nintali. Sorry. Since we're in Nintali, we're through the rut,
0: et etc. Et <laughs> <laughs> we're in fantasy November. All right. So you guys going to set up a camp? Sorry. Yes, let's find a good place. Why don't you guys do a uh, survival check to find a camp? If you guys want to all help each other, you guys can do it with one person can roll it normally. But if you want to each do it, you can do it with disadvantage because you guys have exhaustion.
1: Hebby, I believe in you. Find <laughs> us a good spot. That
4: sounds like a terrible idea, but let's go for it. Hebby, again, roll the two for a 10. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my
0: gosh, I think it's just because you guys are so exhausted that about the best place you can find is just under some trees, like not necessarily like um, hidden away or, or anything. It's just you guys are so tired that you all kind of agree that, yeah, I guess this will be fine for tonight. It is definitely better than where you were camping the night before, where you were still kind of huddled up against like rocks and the wind was blowing and whipping around you. But yeah, um, you guys start to set up your camp. Uh, you managed to find some wood for a fire. Um, you guys get your tents set up. It is probably about 10 degrees warmer here in the valley than it was um, than like the night before. And the wind is definitely blocked by these by these mountains. So after a, if you guys can get a long rest tonight, you will lose one level of exhaustion. Tomorrow you'll still have the one level. Keyword if. <laughs> Let's try to take a nice
2: good snooze here, guys.
0: I was going to say that after the second time Ebby, uh rolled
1: a two for survival, uh, Pine's just going to take the Aeon crystal back and say, have your ring back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody else could make good use of this crystal. <laughs> Get it back when you deserve it,
4: when you've earned it. Oh, gosh.
0: No, actually, Pine is way too exhausted to even consider that. <laughs> So, yeah, Pine's tent's not even pulled tight. It's like super droopy and he's just like, oh, that'll do. And then he just lays down. Okay. So, I was going to, because I know that some people still have books they haven't finished reading. We'll say that over the last few days, it has been impossible to like pull out the books to start reading. You guys are so exhausted that you don't even get to read your books tonight. Like you, even if you're going to try... You start to, as soon as you start to look at these books, your eyes start to kind of cross. You start to get blurry, fuzzy vision. So no reading of the books tonight, which is too bad. Night starts to fall upon this valley, and I need to know
1: what your guys' plan is. It's been a while since we've had to do this, but maybe we set up watches. Oh, that sounds awful.
2: Yeah, I don't mind taking the first watch.
1: I'll be aware. For
4: much of the evening, at least. I can take second watch.
3: And I'll watch the sunrise with Ebby. Very good.
0: Joff and Pine, you guys go to bed. Uh, Nari, you are sitting up with Ebby. Um, with I need you guys to make um, either perception or survival checks. You guys can do one together if you want to. So one of you can make it normal.
2: You, you want to you wanna go for it? See if you can roll better than a two?
4: <laughs> we, can, we can give it a shot. I mean, what are the odds of getting, you know, a two three times in a row?
2: Nice!
4: There we go. Nat 20 for a 28.
0: Awesome. Okay, so uh, as you guys are sitting there um, kind of uh, just talking about I guess, what's, what's been going on and uh, just enjoying, it almost seems warm here as opposed to being up in the, in the mountains with that nasty, biting cold wind. You're sitting there and, um, Abby, as, you, as you're sitting there, you kind of glance off to the side and you, for a split second, you see the glow
4: of eyes looking at you and then they disappear off in the woods. Something has been watching us. Uh, do, do I have any kind of idea on what it might be? With a with a, tw- with a natural 20 survival check,
0: you, you get the impression the way that it moved, that it was standing on two legs and not um, like a creature on four.
4: Got it. I'll relay that to Nari. I'll just say, looks like someone has come to watch us. I'm not sure who it was, but I know it wasn't a creature, a beast at least.
2: It, it could be one of the tall hearts. Like I said, they're not... Super used to people just meandering in here. It's a little bit of a trek. But I, I don't think they'll do us any harm as long as we stay stay cool.
4: Well, I suppose that's good. When it comes to customs, should we have brought gifts or something or anything of that nature to kind of lull them into a sense of security with us?
2: No, no. I, I mean... We do exchange gifts uh, on occasion, but for the most part, we're we're traveling through the wilderness. As long as we're not asking much of them, we should be fine.
0: Understood. As you are sitting there, since you got that natural twenty, occasionally you will see just kind of the glow of two eyes looking at you from the distance. But they're in a different spot now. And then they'll kind of disappear after a minute, and then they'll kind of reappear somewhere else. So either. There's one person who keeps moving, or there's multiple people who keep looking at you
1: in the night. Or oh, it's a family of bears standing on their hind legs. I heard the bears are gay here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unless you guys are going to do anything, then um, nothing happens. Nothing else happens in that, in that part of your watch. So Sabrina, you go, or Nari goes and wakes up Joff, and uh, you switch places for your watch.
2: I'll let them know that if uh, if anybody does approach, just to be cool, let them know that a storm is here and, and to try to wake me up.
3: What uh, language do they speak here? Is it Ustranian? Yeah, it's 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 all Ustranian up here. Okay, okay.
2: American. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So, Nari goes to bed and Joff, you are now watching with Ebby, and with your natural 20 with the survival check, uh, I won't need you to make another one. Um, Yeah, you guys are going to get a good night's rest tonight. Um, So, Joff, you sit with Ebby Unless you guys want to talk about something, you can see the eyes occasionally um, in the distance in the trees and then um, your watch is up as well. Joff, when you go to bed, Pine wakes up and the same thing. Every once in a while, the eyes will pop up kind of in the distance. And as the sun starts to rise, so Pine, unless you wanted to say, you and Ebby wanted to have any kind of conversation, then the night is going to go on and then it will be morning. If Pine ever sees any of those eyes pop up, he'll just look up and do a little wave. Oh, you do? Okay. He won't say anything. Yeah, I'll just say, hmm. And uh, sit sit back to back with Ebby. When you give a little wave, you hear a voice call out from the forest and it says, I'm not even going to attempt another language. It's a language you can't understand. It sounds a little bit more guttural than um, Almerian and definitely more um, kind of rough than um, Menorese. And you recognize it as Ustranian, but you don't speak Ustranian. So a voice calls out.
1: Pine will kind of put up both hands and just staying, still staying seated, um, he'll just kind of raise up both hands and he'll say, Friend, Peace, travelers.
0: In Almerian. You hear a voice call out in Almerian now, a very kind of accented and stuttering um, Almerian. Uh, like, this is definitely not a language this, this being speaks very often. Who is it who trespasses Tallheart Lands? Pine will kind of uh, just nudge Ebby with his elbow and he'll say, Friends of the Stormfists you see the eyes get a little um closer and your fire is still going. After a bit, the the uh this figure comes into the firelight and you can see it is a uh, you know a relatively tall man, probably six foot, um, with long brown hair. Um he's got kind of um kind of freckles across his nose and he has um antlers coming out of his head Um, that are, they come to a sharp point, but there's probably three, three forks on each side. Okay. So, 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 so not, not a huge rack. No, (laughs) this guy does not have a huge rack.
1: (laughs) He comes out and he says, a Stormfist, you say? We travel with a Stormfist. We're on our way to Stormfist lands. Yes. We are friendly. You don't, don't need to worry about us. We, we brought all our own provisions. We should be Okay. Just just traveling through.
0: He, he steps forward uh, closer to the fire. And so he's, ac- he's across the fire from you guys. And he kind of looks around at your group. And then he sees Nari. And he says, well, this is a rarity. A storm fist come down off her mountain.
1: Oh, she came off her mountain a long time ago.
0: Well, I haven't seen a storm fist in
1: two years. Interesting. What's been happening? They just they're not coming out, they're not coming down to trade or, or hunt or, or 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 they just disappeared. What what happened? The Stormfish retreated up
0: to their summer homes, and they didn't come back down when winter came.
1: But you freeze your balls off up there.
0: <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> You're exactly right. It is unheard of. When Tallhearts have gone to go and trade with them, They've been turned away, sometimes abruptly, sometimes violently.
4: But they are still there, then. You were turned away by storm fists?
0: Yes. They've erected a wall. And they have towers. And they keep anyone from approaching.
4: I suppose it's good that they're at least alive.
1: That's strange behavior, though. Yes. Do you not normally do walls and towers here in the valley? No, we do walls, but
0: this, this wall is larger, it's more substantial, it's, it's just, it just has a different feel. It's, it's a fortification, it's, a,
4: it's permanent, if that makes any sense. Has there been any bloodshed between the Stormfists and the Tallhearts?
0: Not recently, we stopped going up there. The Stormfist withdrawal has affected all of the clans. Not just the tall hearts. He's he's looking at Nari as he's talking to you guys.
1: I'm snoozing though,
2: right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're totally snoozing. Okay.
1: Well, the has anything else been going on besides the the storm fists retreating to their summer uh, their summer homes? Is there uh, anything else out of the ordinary here? Anything you might could think that might chase them away? Make an insight check.
0: Um, as you're making the insight check, he says, "Our council will wish to speak with you. They await in Woodbridge, but Tallheart lands are protected, so I will accompany you there." All right. That's a five on my insight check. Does Abby get to make one too? Because he has extra wisdom now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's it is with it is a disadvantage.
4: Okay, I will. I'll give it a shot. Disadvantaged. A nine. I mean, it, it sounds
0: like he. Uh, there might be more that he's not saying. It's hard to tell, but he, he, you get the impression that he is feels like he's not the one to tell you. Like he wants you to go talk to the elders, and that's pretty much all you gather.
1: Well, then we'll stop by Woodbridge. My understanding, it's still a few days' travel from here.
0: Yes, it is. I will take you there. Finish your rest for the night. I will be close. When the sun comes up, I'll find you. And then he stands up from the fire.
1: What should we call you?
0: You can call me Yastin. Yastin? Yes.
1: Okay. My name is Pine. It's a pleasure.
4: He nods. Salutations, Yastin. My name is Ebby. It is good to meet you both. And then he walks away from the fire. Did you guys want to talk about anything? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you see the rack on that one, Eddie? <laughs> oh, I knew that was
4: coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> it was modest, but a very pretty
1: rack, to be sure. <laughs> uh, we're just doing that for this episode, right? We're not going to make this joke anymore in the next episodes.
0: <laughs> I can't promise anything. As you guys kind of finish out your rest, Pine, you kind of sit back and... Are lost in thought. Ebby, you're always kind of lost in thought at nights like these when nobody's talking to you, when you're kind of um, aware but, but resting. Ebby, as you are sitting there, you, you hear a voice in your head. It's a familiar voice now. And the voice says, Do you hate me for what I've done? I want you to make an insight check. Still disadvantaged because you're still. Uh, two
4: levels of exhaustion. You haven't finished your rest yet. Got it. Ooh, <laughs> I rolled a nat one with disadvantage. You recognize Niam's voice. Do you hate me for what I've done? No. No, I still feel like I don't understand everything. But I don't hate you anymore. I understand enough now to to see that it was my will as well that led me down this path. It's where I go from here that's the most perplexing. And how to save the others. I think I have an idea of how to do it, but I'm worried of what may happen if I fail. He says, "Ebby."
0: Yes, Ebby. I remember you now, but not then. Tell me, Abby, who are you? Inside your metal body, there's a consciousness, a soul, there must be. Have you remembered your soul yet? Because I have racked my mind,
4: sifted what memories are still available to me, and you, I cannot remember. Hmm. I was hoping you might be able to help fill in those gaps as well. I have these moments, these flashes, where I feel like I'm... They're witnessing conversations between, uh, I presume, you and others. And I assume that I was one of those that participated in those conversations. But beyond that, I don't know. Uh, you get the distinct
0: impression, even though you can't see him, of him shaking his head. And he says, Ebby, I need you to know, we chose this thing. To preserve and sustain, we chose it. We we may have broken
4: the world because of it, but it was worth it. The alternative unacceptable. What was the alternative? There's quiet. And then you
0: hear one word from Neum, and you're not quite sure if it's an answer, but you just hear the inevitable. Hmm. and then you hear kind of how you've always heard him kind of his voice changes as it seems like he's reliving some kind of a memory and you hear crystals crystals were the key once we figured out how to imbue them the rest was easy and there's a pause as if he's listening to a question He says, that's the beauty of it. They propagate themselves. At this point, we've created a natural process. But what I mean is the process now runs on its own naturally, but it never would have started had we not imbued those crystals. Here's another pause. He says, this could change the face of Pavantis. It's true. But what's the alternative? Wait for the inevitable? No, no. I'll go down fighting beak and talon, not huddled up waiting for the end like so many do these days. A pause. With the crystal engine running, they should proliferate exponentially until the patch can take hold. Then, if the calculations are correct, the crystal propagation will reach equilibrium, and Pavantis will be whole, shaken and bloodied, but whole. And then nothing. Hmm. Interesting. And then, as the sun comes up, Nari and the boys, you all wake up, pull yourselves out of your sleeping bags, get ready for another day. One less level of exhaustion, as. Yostin comes out of the woods. You all get a good look at this man with his large rack of antlers, his furs and leather that he was wearing. Um, and you see he leads an aileron, not nearly as beautiful as Crumbles. But that's for another day, because that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Anyway, I hope you guys all had a great time playing uh, Chapter Four Up in the Mountains. I am really excited for this one. Anyway, if you guys like what we're doing, leave us a review, tell a friend. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, until next time, we hope you guys have a great night and um, as always, have a great time.